Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. What's going on? I am Scooch Bronson. And I am S. Foster, and you are listening to Viewers Anonymous. Man, how you feeling today? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Excited about this episode, man. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about somebody who, uh, you know, who, who revolutionized the, the acting game, man. He done did a, a multitude of things and, you know what I'm saying, probably made a word super duper famous and, and probably didn't even mean to. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I know, I'm right? about this one, bro. I'm about this one. <laughs> yes, yes, sir, man. Like, I am too, man, because he's, he's to me, the hardest working person in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Not only, like, and, and we're talking about a span of, like, what, five decades? Like, uh, to be able to... Three. Because I think the... Three. Three. Okay, because the first. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, might, no, four. No, no, four. Four. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's four because his first. His first. Credited thing was in 1973. Yep. So, and the person we're talking about is Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Right, and this dude has, <clears throat> like you said, revolutionized acting forever. And, like, one of the reasons I think that this dude is a whole legend living on Earth is the simple fact that something you brought up before we started. And I think it's something that needed to be to be said was because Sam, first off, you know, he started in theater. So, you know, mm-hmm. to start in theater and, and, you know, make your way up and getting this first film in 1973 and all that type stuff. And, like, things are going, you know, things are going well for him. But at the same time, you know, Sam had, you know, had a little battle with with drugs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, honestly, when when you look at, you know, his career, I, I think that, you know, he was in school days and, you know, then he was in the Hold Up Man and Coming to America. But it was a small, you know what I'm saying, small part. But it seemed like, you know, school days and then you turn around, next thing you know, you're doing, do the right thing. So him and Spike Lee got this relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think that it seemed like, because he talked about this before in um, interviews, and I think that the success that he got from there and then also turning around and being in another Spike Lee film in Mo Better Blues and something yeah. I didn't know. I did not know this motherfucker was in The Exorcist 3. I've seen that movie a couple of times and did not know he was in there. But then he wow. turned around and had a small role in Goodfellas, which Goodfellas was a huge film. And what ended up happening was Sam was doing a lot of this stuff on drugs. Mm-hmm. And where it turned around was, I, I think that around 89 and 90 is when it, it got to the point where he couldn't control it and his wife basically had put him in rehab. 
And then the film that turned everything around, for me, it seemed like, and from, from what he talked about, was Jungle Fever. Yeah. And he was like, Jungle Fever came about and they wanted him to play a crackhead. And Sam was like, well, damn, that ain't gonna be hard for me to do because I've been a crackhead. Like, he mm-hmm. told people, like, I was a crackhead. And to be able to be playing that part with having the temptations of just getting out of rehab and now you're acting like you're doing what you was literally doing in real life. And for him to take that situation, because his wife told him basically like, if you don't shake this, I am going to leave you. Yeah. And to be able to, because I think that it's one thing to be on drugs and then get out of rehab and never be put in the same situation to get back on drugs again. But to play a crackhead and, and to actually do the motions of doing the things that crackheads do and to be able to shake that in 91 and then never do drugs again, to me, on top of being credited for 183 acting credits, to be able to do that, that's what makes him a whole legend to me. Man, his performance in um, Jungle Fever was nothing short of amazing. Um, the 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 dope thing about that movie was his girlfriend was Halle Berry. A lot of people forget that Halle Berry also played a crackhead, so that was that. I think he definitely was willing to jump in and play that role once he. Found out Halle Berry was gonna be his girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the she was she was hot to trot, man, around that time. So you know, everybody wanted a piece of Halle Berry in the '90s, man. And to just to think about that though, like from from 1973 to 1990, right? He had been doing small roles on movies, you know, what I'm saying television, and you know, so like you said, 180 plus. Um, acting credits on various different platforms between the span of 73 to now is, and he's not, he hasn't stopped. Like he's been in, he's been doing commercials and everything else. So like, you know, it's, it it just goes to show you, man, like when you really put that, that work in, you put that effort in that, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing else that you can do. Like if anybody was to ever, question his work ethic you would really have to sit down and look at his credits and see like he's been doing nothing but work like he's played some iconic roles and I mean like very iconic roles like he's played roles to the point to where I don't think like some people even understand what some of them meant when he played them like thinking back just off the top of the dome like he played John Shaft like and got the blessing and got the blessing from the original Shaft to play John yes. Shaft. With you know what I'm saying, like with John Shaft, the with, with the original John Shaft in the movie. And did it and did a second one at that. And they said that he fought to keep him in the movie because like they was gonna move on mm-hmm. from him. And he was like, yo, like I want him to have you know what I'm saying, a role in this movie. You, it's like yeah, a, you can't do that. Like you can't do that. Why is that? 
Cause I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying like you, you can't oh, kick oh. him out of the out of the shack. You know what I'm saying? Cause that was like a passing of the torch type of yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I thought I thought that that was I thought that that was really cool. Like man, you know when you, when you sit back and you look at like a lot of these things and like even like in minutes of society, small role. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He played. You know what I'm saying? My man's dad. And and I and I don't know why I forgot about that man. That's the thing I was talking about before before we started. And then I got to thinking, I was like, oh yeah, I was like he was his dad. I was like, but he it was. It was a short scene, like you know, it was mm-hmm. only one scene that he was in. Right. Um, when he had uh, shot my man, when he owed him that money, and, and that shit was so funny because he was like, <laughs> that motherfucker <laughs> said, uh, he said, man, uh, he said, man, I pay your way up when I feel like it. <laughs> he was like, man, what, man, he gonna, he said, you gonna pay me my money or else? He was like, or oh, else. <laughs> Hell, you think you in John Wayne or some shit? You ain't gonna tell uh, me all else. On the, on, the, uh, on the flashback, when he was talking about his dad. Yeah. Yeah, growing up. Yeah. yeah, yeah I remember that. That shit was funny. He had, he, had on the, uh, he had on the little scarf and shit tied up on his head. Yeah, man, that, that, shit, that shit was so funny. And I forgot all about that scene. But like, he's been like all over the place, man, like Jurassic Park and shit. But for me, it seems like just my personal opinion, like I haven't seen all of the movies he played in, but like mm-hmm. one movie that's underrated that he played in, um, I just want to mention it was Fresh. Like Fresh is like a, like an underground hood classic, like that a lot of yeah. people don't talk about. And Fresh was a really really good movie. But the movie that I was about to mention was when he played Pulp Fiction, and mm-hmm. it's like if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's the first movie he done with um, Quentin Tarantino. And mm-hmm. to me, that like as as great of the like, even though they were small roles, he he's always the guy that that stood out. You know what I'm saying? But Pulp Fiction was different. Like I seen like I feel like that was like mm-hmm. the turn of the tide. You know, in 1994 when he did that movie because Pulp Fiction was so different of a movie and like Quentin Tarantino was coming off of a, I think it was coming off of Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs and no, 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 Reservoir Dogs came after Pulp Fiction so it was one It was one of the two and like so Quentin Tarantino started to make uh-huh. this turn and like I felt like Sam made that turn with him because it seems like that was to me, like, was the start of, like, him being really viewed as a guy that could carry a film. And even though yeah, his yeah. next couple of movies, it wasn't really, like, that stuff. Like, he was in Losing Isaiah, which, uh, look, Holly Berry again. Like, that was, yep. that was a really, really good movie that a lot of people seem to forget. But what I want to talk about, like, I felt like Pulp Fiction got him to A Time to Kill. A Time to Kill might be like one of the like like no shit like one of the like best movies that ever come out. Mm-hmm. Like and, and even and I think that <laughs> sneaky 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 great cast dude because you got to think about it. Charles uh 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 what's his name? Sutton Charles Sutton he was in that joint. Matthew McConaughey Sandra Bullock. Kiefer and Donald Sutherland was in that damn joint. 
like that movie, like there was so many good people in that movie, and like, and it, it just, and the subject matter of the movie, like this man killed the man who basically got away for raping his daughter and uh-huh. hanging her, you know, in the, in an attempt to kill his daughter, and this man goes to a lawyer and like, yo, if if he get off, no, he said, if I get in a jam, basically, would you represent me? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, all that type of shit. And then he shoots. Like, how gangster is that? Like, you go to the courthouse, kill a man at the courthouse. You don't run. You go home, hug your kids, hug your wife. You know what I'm saying? And then they come and take you in, Mm -hmm. and then they do the trial. You see, this was like a, like we was talking about yesterday. (laughs) This is kind of like an OJ type of thing. Like we know this motherfucker yeah. did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's kind of like it's so weird. But oh, I remember that movie because Sam was in it. It was Ragtime. That was the yeah. movie that OJ wanted to play in, but didn't get the part. That's what we was talking about on that last episode. Okay. It was Ragtime. Okay. Yep. But like a time to kill man was was really like. And then the crazy part about a time to kill. Is another great Sam movie came out in the same fucking year, The Long Kiss Goodnight. One of my yeah, that was a good one. Movies. That was a good one. That was a that, that was, was a, good a real good one, man. Man, for me, it's you know what I'm saying. I love when he's the you know what I'm saying, like when he's the guy that's in it. But you know what I'm saying, like I look back to movies that he played, like you know what I'm saying, all of the joints that he well. All of the roles that he played in, you know what I'm saying, all of the Spike Lee joints, of course, because the he would be like uh, uh, the pseudo-narrator of the movie, you know what I mean? Like, he would either be the DJ or he would be the, um, I don't know, he would just be somehow the focal point of the movie. Like, if you watch, um, if you watch Do the Right Thing, you know what I'm saying, like, he's the DJ, even though he's not telling the story of what's going on in the movie, a lot of times it'll cut to him or it'll have his voice overlaying what's going on, you know what I'm saying, like in the scene, but he'll still be, you know what I'm saying, like you'll still hear him on the on the radio basically. And it's like just seeing him conduct himself, you know what I'm saying, like in those scenes was just it was amazing because like he brought life to a lot of the, you know what I'm saying, like a lot of points in the movie especially with Do the Right Thing. Like, for me, I feel like he kind of set the tone for Do the Right Thing. Um, even with small roles like in, you know, Jurassic Park, you know what I'm saying? Like, who don't forget, you know what I'm saying? Hold on to your butts. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's a classic line in Jurassic Park, you know what I'm saying? Or um, one to me, one of his best roles was when he was playing in um, The Great White Hype. And he was the he was supposed to be the promoter. He was supposed to be like the Don King as promoter when he was hyping up. Um, I think it was who was it? Was it Damon Wayne? No, it wasn't Damon Wayne, was it? And Great Wayne, yeah. or was it was Damon yeah. Wayne? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, you know, what I'm saying he hyping up the fight with Damon Wayne's and old boy. Like, I mean, it was just <clears throat> like little small stuff. Even in Django, like he stole the he stole the movie in Django, even though he played a character that, you know what I'm saying, he knew that us as black people wasn't going to like. I mean, like, he got a lot of quotable, 
you know what I'm saying, moments in that movie. You know what I'm saying? Like he he come out talking to, you know what I'm saying, John Candy, and then he turned around and who's that nigga on that nag? You know what I'm saying? Like he just it's for me, man, he he just has like a powerful presence when he's, you know what I'm saying, when he's on on the screen. And even like sometimes even being off the screen, like with the do the right thing, but like when he's on the screen, sometimes he don't even have uh, gotta talk. You know what I'm saying? Like if you ever watch Black Snake Moan, where he just he he said something to the girl and then he stood there and looked at her. And he had on like the beater and he had like the gray hair. He looked crazy as shit though, but he was just sitting there staring at her. And like that shit is a meme. So like, you know what I'm saying? You say something to somebody and that that little picture come up as a meme. But I mean, it's just like, it's just, you know what I'm saying? He just, whatever he does, bro, he's just so powerful on film. It's, it's crazy, man. And then, the, you know, to see his film history is, is already wild. Like, you know what I'm saying? We just said 180 plus productions. I mean, uh, uh, 180 plus credits. But he's done so much from acting to voiceovers, you know what I'm saying, to commercials, to, I mean, just, it's so much stuff that he just like, in a, in a way, you like, man, what can't this dude do? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, like, one quotable you forgot when he played Trip in, uh, in Juice, and he was like, he said, look, man, yep, he was he said, just because you pour pancakes, you know, he said, just because you pour syrup on don't make it pancakes. <laughs> and then it was so funny because he was like, he said, man, why did you do this? He's like, man, she had a snappy, nappy dugout. He said, snappy dugout? He's like, the snappy, nappy dugout. Now, even though he didn't say that first, but he was just talking to that guy and he was just like, man, just because you pour syrup on don't make it pancakes. I thought that shit was so fucking funny because he was looking at him like, and wasn't that, uh, wasn't that Orange Juice Jones in that in that scene? I'm I'm not sure who the guy was. I just know that he was just looking at him funny as fuck, and that shit was hilarious. And uh, and then I like when he yeah. said um, when he was talking to Q when um, when he had asked him about Bishop. He was like, man, he said, word is you killed Raheem, Ronamans, Quillez, and still. And he was like, man, you know me since I was a kid. He said, I know a lot of killers since they was kid, but I like when he said. Uh, he said, "Man, you not slid." He said, "You not slid down a razor and fell in the uh, alcohol river." <laughs> I thought that shit was mm-hmm. so cool. I never heard no shit like that before. But like, yeah, like he's Sam is so versatile, man. And like, in this with him being in so many films and working with so many people, like I said, he he worked with uh, Quentin Tarantino again with fucking Jackie Brown, and like he's like the main guy. And yep. Jackie Brown, him and um, Foxy Brown. Mm-hmm. But she's not no guy, but obviously everybody knows she's not no guy. Not Foxy Brown. Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, <clears throat> shit. Yeah. Um, Pam Greer. Is that her name? Her name? Um, Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Damn. Um, yeah. But yeah, Sam, but, but dude, he talked about um, Django on The Breakfast Club. And he was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." When they asked him about it, they said, "You know, was he nervous or whatever?" That he was like, "No." He's like, "Dude, it's art." He said, "You play a role," and he was like, "And Charlamagne yep. was like, but you didn't think that you know the black people would be like that?'" And then Sam said, "He said, come on now." He said, "You know you." He said, "You know you love." And I say, "Who's that nigga on that neck?" <laughs> but it was hilarious, but it was so I, funny. Uh, and like he he 
And he said, like, yo, it's a role. He's like, that's what you do. He was like, the whole point mm-hmm. of playing these roles is you have to embody it. You, if, if people hate you for it, then obviously you did something right. He was like, like that was like really the whole point yeah. of doing it. He was like, yeah, I'm playing the Uncle Tom, but it's my job to play the Uncle Tom so good that it does piss you off. He's like, that's really the whole point of even doing it. Yeah. Like that was also the same interview when they asked him about like the award, not winning any awards and, and not really being nominated like that and stuff. And he was like, dude, I do stuff. He was like, I read the script. And if I think it'd be a fun project to do, then I do it. He was like, I do this mm-hmm. to have fun. He was like, I don't do this. He was like, basically he said, I don't take acting that serious. And I yeah. think that that's a great way to look at it because a lot of the times when you looking to be awarded, that's kind of like when Charlemagne says, you know, go where you celebrate it, not where you tolerate it. And it's like when exactly. you live, when you when, when you live your whole life on, oh man, they didn't nominate me for a Grammy, or they didn't nominate me for an Oscar, or they didn't nominate me for this. It's like you you go chasing awards, and it's like when you go chasing stuff. And you never catch it, mm-hmm. you never fulfill. And I think that Sam is so unique that like he's fulfilled by just doing what he loves to do. Like he's like, I'm not looking to be awarded for what I do because for number one, you get rewarded by getting paid. Like that's like the main mm-hmm. thing. Like I I get paid to do what I love to do. So I think Sam has like the perfect mindset of being a person in his position and doing the things that he's doing. And I think that that's very smart to have that type of mindset. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you speak to Django and then you speak to him talking about, you know, saying getting paid because um, they had this like, uh, it's not comic con, but you know how they do like press releases and everything else for movies. And um, they had him, uh, Kerry Washington, uh, Jamie Foxx, Leonardo DiCaprio, Quentin Tarantino, and um, Christoph Waltz. And they were all at the table, you know what I'm saying, during this press release in Australia. And they were talking about one of the uh, stories behind the scenes of, well, they were talking about stories of behind the scenes of shooting the movie, but um, two of them that stuck out was that Samuel L. Jackson was, he would stay in, like when he was, excuse me, when he was in this trailer, he would stay in character. So like, it would be times when like, they would be trying to talk to him and he would be in character, like during the beginning of the movie, like as they were shooting it, he was getting in character so he could constantly get a feel for it. And then the second story that really stuck out to me was um, the scene where at the end, they all have, I guess, like they're all in the little, the library room or the, the social room or whatever. And um, Christoph Walsh is talking to uh, John Candy or whatever. And he's like, uh, he's saying something. And then, you know, Leonardo got to, uh, st- he got to stand up and then say something about like, um, something, something about a nigga and then it up. So Leonardo DiCaprio was having an issue with saying nigga throughout the whole, you know, so like throughout the whole shooting, he said he didn't want to do it because he, you know, he didn't feel comfortable saying, the, you know, the N word or whatever. 
And if anybody knows anything about Leonardo DiCaprio, like he's really into like hip hop culture and everything like that. Like he got a real, real fond respect for, you know what I'm saying, hip hop culture. And so like when he was saying it, it was genuine. He wasn't just saying it because he on the set with, you know, Sam and Jamie and Carrie. He's saying it like, yo, I really don't feel comfortable saying it. And so, you know, right before they were about to shoot, Samuel Jackson comes to him and he's like, what's the issue, man? He was like, Sam, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable, you know what I'm saying, saying the, saying the N-word, man. And I, I don't know if I can, you know, go through with this because I don't, I don't, it ain't, you know, don't sit right with me or whatever. So Sam told him, he said, man, let me tell you something. He said, when you, he said, when, when these people make these movies, they picked you out, right? He said, yeah. He said, you didn't have to audition, right? He said, yeah. He said, so that means that they wanted you. He said, they wanted you for a reason. He said they wanted you because you're the best at what you do. He said, now when when they when they gave you this role and when you didn't have to audition, they paid you, right? He said, yeah. He said, okay then, motherfucker, let's go shoot this movie. And he said, from that point on, Leonardo DiCaprio didn't have no problems. He said, anytime you know what I'm saying, like it was time to shoot. He said he just went right into it, and it's just you know what I'm saying, like for me, hearing those kind of stories and just knowing, like, you know. For Sam to be, you know what I'm saying, for Sam to be that guy, man, and, and for him to pull somebody to the side, especially somebody with the acting experience that Leo has. Like, Leo has been in blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. You know what I'm saying? And for him to pull him aside and give him advice, like, this is not, you know, excuse me, a veteran actor giving a rookie actor advice. This is two vets talking. This is, this is two greats talking. And he's like, yo, man, get your ass over here. Let's do this movie, man. You ain't got nothing to worry about. He was like, that's what these people paid you for. Now go earn your money and let's go. And I think that that's just amazing, the fact that he could talk to somebody who could be on his level or even higher and still talk to them as if, you know, he's talking to somebody that's on a level that's lower. And, he, you know, there's no ego or nothing. He's just like, come on, man, let's make this movie. You know, it shouldn't be a problem. This is what you hear. You acting. This ain't the real you. And I think that that was just, you know, saying something great to throw in there because, you know, you, you really don't get to hear stories like that about, you know, saying iconic actors. You usually hear about them, you know, saying being snobby or being rude or being mean, but you never hear nothing like that about Samuel L. Jackson. Like, I think it was about um, a couple months ago where they were shooting something. And I think, um, matter of fact, they were shooting – uh, the bodyguards, what was it? The the hit the hitman's wife's bodyguard, the um the one with Ryan Reynolds and Selma Hayek and uh, Sam Jackson, and they in the middle of shooting the movie, right? They in the in the car doing like a little car scene or whatever, and then dude pulls up, he got his phone out, and he's like, he loud as shit, he like, oh shit, that's Samuel Jackson, and all you see is Sam just turn over and go, hey. What's up, man? He said, what's going on, Sam? He's like, how y'all doing today, man? He's like, man, we doing good, man. It's good to see you. He was like, cool, man. He said, hey, when we get done, come back around, man. I take some pictures of y'all signing autographs. But y'all got to leave. We shooting the movie, motherfucker. And then I'm just like, yo, that's dope as fuck. Just like, you know what I'm saying? To see him just be that cool of a guy, man. It's just, to me, bro, it's just like, you don't, you usually don't get that, man. That's dope. Yeah, like, dude, he, he is... He is really like the, the he's one of the coolest dudes alive, man. And like, mm-hmm. especially like, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna keep this short, like, because 
I, I'd be speaking too much, but like doing stuff like the negotiator and the negotiator is just, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, Deep Fire. Blue Sea, he was in Deep Blue Sea, man. Deep Blue yep. Sea. He, he had a short role in it, but a lot of, for some odd reason, people don't like that movie. Like as far as shark movies, like I never really got into Jaws like that. It was L. Um, Cool J, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, it was good. Like man, and my man that played the first Punisher. That was really the only Punisher movie that was good. When my man that was in Deep Blue yeah. Sea played him. Now the TV series that was good on Netflix, yeah. but the second movie Punisher was trash. But that yeah, guy that played it with Sam, and when Sam got killed, snatched up by that motherfucker, giving that speech. Oh man, man, it's like I'm sitting here thinking back, like it was that I was so really, unexpected. Yeah, I you know I think that when. I think Sam got the freedom to, because I think that his motherfucker got so damn famous that I think that they mm-hmm. just like, all right, you, you know, you can add lip. I think Sam can add lip. I think when it comes to people that are not comedians, I think mm-hmm. Sam and like Denzel and and like Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff. I think that they have like that freedom in the script to like kind of ad lib, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I don't think they be writing yeah. motherfucking all this shit like Sam be saying. Nah, but that's, like the that's, shit, that's all Sam. It's gotta be all Sam. It's gotta be all him. And like just the way that he does that shit, like dude, it comes off so crazy. And then I like how Sam did the, the whole full circle when it came to Unbreakable. Cause he played Elijah Price mm-hmm. in 2000. And then he plays yep. motherfucking Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. And what, well, that was 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, or 2018. So he plays uh, you know, Mr. Glass and like I didn't even know that that movie had anything to do with um, uh, Split. Split. I had no idea. Yeah. Split was even. It's, it's supposed know. to be. It's supposed to be based on all three of them. And like when Mr. Glass came out, like for me that was okay. About damn time, M Night Shyamalan came out with something good again, because he yeah, needed man. he needed something because he was on a downslide. If you ask me, like yeah, he ruined Avatar. Like dude, like. He he was he he it's like he he hit with the six cent and then it was like really like he it, like the six cent hit so hard, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, but I like how Sam was able to do that full circle with uh with Elijah Price because the thing is I remember doing my um I did my top villains of all yeah. time on the 28 Minutes of List podcast. Mr. Glass was number five because this motherfucker was so smart to where even though yeah. he's sitting in a wheelchair, he can de- he can decipher all the moves that you're gonna make. And like to mm-hmm. be in a wheelchair, you have no special like his his special ability was his brain. Like he was able yep. to okay, if I do this, you're going to do this. And then the next thing you're going to do is this, and you're going to do this. And, like, for him to decipher all of that type shit, like, people underestimate, like, how much of a great villain he actually was. Like, he killed 
Mm-hmm. A ton of people on a fucking um, uh, uh, subway train to find one motherfucking yeah. guy. Like, people forget mm-hmm. that. And so I, I, I think that with Sam being in that comic book world, I wonder did Unbreakable is the thing that kind of got him into that Nick Fury stuff. Probably. Because, probably. That's a good that's a good thing. Because I, I, I didn't think of that till just now. And it's like mm-hmm. for him playing Nick Fury now, even though all the time, like Nick Fury is never like he he wasn't really like a big part until um Spider-Man Far From Home. Because that was really the only you one know, where he was like really, really in it. Nah, I mean, yeah, as far as like as far as him having screen time. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. But like he's been in he's been in all the movies since like since Iron Man, the first since, Iron Man. I think even the first Hulk, I mean I, I think even the uh the, the Hulk that they redid. I want to say he was he had something that he was in something like that. I don't know if they if he was actually in it or they mentioned it, but he he's been like he's really been in this shit since the beginning. Yeah, I think I think they might have I think they might have mentioned him. Yeah, but I I think that the first because I'm looking at it here because Iron Man was the one who started it, as far yeah. as like the whole for them to get all of these characters and. Shaping nope. into the Avengers. It was, it was on the Hulk. It was on the Hulk. But the first Hulk didn't have anything to do with this. No, no, no. Not not the first Hulk. I ain't talking about that shit was trash. I'm talking about the second one. You're talking about the one with Ed, Edward... Um, Ed Norton, yeah. Ed Norton. That's how, that's when all this started. That's when all the Marvel Universe started. Okay. And, um... But, yeah, like, he... Like even when he played in in Jumper, Jumper is an underrated movie, yo. Like, yeah, I, I love yes. Jumper so much, dude. I wanted to be a fucking. I was like, dude, if I could have any fucking thing, like, I want to be the dude that could just fucking jump. Like that shit would be fucking yeah. fun as fuck. Just to look yeah. at a fucking picture and just jump into some shit. And that was an underrated movie. And that was another movie that really kicked off a uh, crit- Christian hate, um, uh, Hayden Christensen. Like, yeah. I never seen him before then. And then next thing you know, he's in fucking Takers and shit. And it's like, wow. And mm-hmm. another movie that, that we haven't even mentioned, dude. Now, he, was, he wasn't he was the main guy. But like 1408. 1408 was good movie. a good movie, man. Good movie. John Cusack killed that great. shit. It was, it was a great psychological thriller. Oh, yeah. Like, that shit have you... Like... It was like it reminded me of because because John Cusack was like I mean he was the guy in that movie yeah but yeah. you know Sam being the own not the owner but well maybe he was the owner but he was like the manager of like the hotel or whatever mm-hmm. and he was like trying to tell him about like not going into that room and all of that type of shit like mm-hmm. that was that was a really really great underrated movie. And like even when he played like the crazy ass racist neighbor when he played in Lakeview Terrace. Like, oh man, that was he did his he did his fucking thing in that movie, bro. Yeah, that that shit was wild, man. Him, him people, as a him as like a, a, a 
the antagonist in movies is is super underrated. Like a lot of people don't realize, like he plays he plays great bad guys. He plays oh, yeah. real great bad guys. Like um, another underrated movie that we didn't mention. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of people actually even took the time to watch it. I don't even remember being in the uh, theater, but um, Sphere. If you ever watched Sphere, Sphere was a great movie. Um, it was like a it was a weird adaptation of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, but like in the horror, well, not necessarily horror, but like suspense thriller genre. But it was it was real real good. Like it was about you know what I'm saying like this. They had this some weird element or something that they end up finding uh, being underwater or whatever, and it was like giving them like illusions and controlling their mind and shit like that. And it was uh it was weird because when it got to Sam, he was reading Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. So certain parts of that book, like like all the horrible parts of that book would actually happen because it you know what I'm saying, like that's what was in his brain. But I mean like it was just a, for me it was one of those movies that it was real, real good. Like I, I watched it when I was younger or whatever, and it, it, was, it intrigued the shit out of me. And um, another movie that um, we don't talk about, or we didn't talk about, which for me was super, super dope, was um, Star Wars. He played Mace Windu in, in Star Wars the, when they um, they brought out the, the new episodes of Star Wars. Well, the, supposedly the first three episodes of Star Wars. When they brought those out, um, he was huge in Star Wars and you know what I'm saying like he was in Star Wars to where nobody had an issue with like remember when uh what's the one guy's name that's in the new Star Wars movies um oh I know you're talking about black dude yeah uh John Boy Boy Boyega yeah I can't Boyega say his name or whatever so when he was in the Star Wars movies, right, they thought that he was going to be the new Jedi. And they had a hell, I mean, like, they, they raised hell about it. When the new, when the Star Wars 1 through 3 came out, everybody knew Samuel L. Jackson was going to be in it because I think he was in one of the trailers. And nobody complained about it. Everybody knew he was a Jedi. Nobody complained about it. And not only that, if you, uh, if you know anything about Star Wars, um, for any of my, you know what I'm saying, uh, Star Wars nerds that's in, uh, on here listening, um, he was the only one with the purple lightsaber. And the lightsabers kind of determine what level of Jedi you are. So when you have, like, green, you're like a master Jedi or whatever. When you have, like, blue, you know what I'm saying, like, you're um, like a, I don't want to say up-and-coming Jedi, but it's like a... Um, I guess I guess I'd say that you're an up and coming Jedi. When you have um, when you have white, it's a certain thing. When you have red, you know that's usually for the Sith. It's like um, what's the? It's like the Green Lantern. You know, all the all the Green Lanterns got different rings for different emotions. But for um, the lightsabers, they all have different levels of Jedi or Sith or whatever. And purple is when you master both sides of the Force. So if you know what I'm saying? When you when you basically found the total balance of the force, you get the you know, you can you have the purple crystal or the purple lightsaber. And he was the only one in the movies with the purple lightsaber. And I thought that was super dope. So 
for Sam to have that, you know what I'm saying, to have that role and then to be able to, you know what I'm saying, show that on screen. And then you never heard anybody, you know what I'm saying, complain about it, anybody bitch about it. There weren't no petitions about Samuel Jackson, none of that. It was just like everybody liked Mace Windu. Yeah, like Sam Sam had that ability, man. Like I remember there was one movie. I don't think it never hit the theaters. But it was him and Julianne Moore, and it was called Freedom Land. And Ooh. that shit was good, dude. Like, uh, you look like you never seen it before. It basically, he plays this cop, right? Mm-hmm. And Julianne Moore is a woman who she said that her kid was missing, right? And so she said he went missing. She, well, she said that she got robbed. She said that because uh, yeah. like her hands were bloody. She said that somebody broke into her car, stole her car with her kid in the car, right? So she blamed it on a black man, basically, because like Freedom Land is like it's what they, it was like these projects, and so they got this whole project like on lockdown, looking for this one white kid, and so Sam is also dealing with his son being in jail, and he's also working for the law. So you know it shows him going back, you know, to, to meet with his son, why? Because you know, well, not meet, but vis- visitation with the son and stuff, and he's trying to solve mm-hmm. this case. Trying to figure out, so Sam, maybe he brings in these people who are dealing with missing kid cases and shit like that. And Sam knew it was something funny about her story. He was like, you know, stuff never added up. You know, it never added up right. And um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Anthony Mackie's in it too. And Anthony Ooh. Mackie was a dude that she would like fuck with on the side like he not on the side because her son dad wasn't in the picture and so she used to like fuck Anthony Mackie or whatever and what ended up happening was a riot ended up happening because the black people were so fed up with you know the quote unquote white woman blaming a black person for stealing her child type thing so it ended up being this huge riot or whatever and then come to find out what happened was Julianne Moore, like when it got to the end of the movie, she ended up telling Sam what ended up happening, that she basically gave her son some like Dermatap or whatever to put him to sleep before uh-huh. so Anthony Mackie could come over and smash or whatever. And uh-huh. what ended up happening, like the boy well, she was trying to tell the boy to go to bed. And he was like, he told her his mom, like, yo. If you do this, you're gonna be sorry. And what ended up happening was the boy took the the medicine that, he, that she would give him to put him to sleep. He drunk the whole bottle mm-hmm. and he died. Mm-hmm. And what she did is when Anthony Mackey got over there, he helped her dispose the body. So he oh. ended up going to jail, and she was like, "Dude, it's, it was a really fucking good movie, and nobody talks about it because I don't think it hit theaters. I think it was just like a a DVD release, but it was a really fucking good movie, man. People need to check that out. Freedom Land. It was it was really really good, but like Sam has the ability to like take movies like that and fucking flip them shits into something where, like." I mean, now don't get me wrong, Julianne Moore is great too, but the thing about yeah. Freedom Land, Freedom Land came out in 2006. I don't think Anthony Mackie is Anthony Mackie yet. Mm-mm, you know Julianne Moore is damn sure Julianne Moore. Oh yeah, like she she, 
like the the weird thing with her, she's like one of those people like nobody would never consider her like even in Boogie Nights, nobody consider her sexy, mm-hmm. nobody consider her, you know, gorgeous. But her her acting is so good that that shit jump off the page. Like she, mm-hmm. and I think Sam is the same way. Like Sam never been seen as like a sex symbol type of thing, but like his performances are so great that he's just. He's a dude, and then like his voice is like second to none. Like he has mm-hmm. completely taken over the fucking Capital One commercials. Like one hundred percent. Now hold on, real quick. I don't know, man. I've I've seen I've seen a couple movies where Julianne Moore, man, she she was she was all right. Oh. You know what I'm saying? She, you know, little hot redhead, man. She was all right. Okay, I give her one when she played in um. Oh man, my band Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh, oh man, what was the name of that movie? I, I got, I gotta find it. I gotta find it. She played like this. Uh, she was like this older lady that mm-hmm. she she was going like he would he would go to these meetings because he had like this he had a, an addiction where he would mm-hmm. like, he jerked off a lot. And at the same time, he jerks off a lot, but he's dating um, in the movie Charlotte, uh, Scarlett Johansson, right? Yeah. So he's dating her in the movie. <clears throat> John Dunn. That's what it's called. A Dunn John. It's one of them. A Dunn John. Oh, yeah, or yeah, John yeah. I know Dunn. what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. And, um, hey, she was looking all right in that. Mm-hmm. She was looking all right in that. But, um, but yeah, like in Boogie Nights, man, it was, you know, she wasn't, you know. But yeah, man, that that's that's one of those movies, man, that that's that's really underrated. And then like, you know, first off before I even say this, you know, rest in peace to Bernie Mac. It was Bernie Mac's last film. Yeah. But his job that he did in Soul, man. Like, this dude is literally like even even when he was in even when he was in Black Snake Moan, like, this dude can really sing. Like, mm-hmm. Sam ain't no slouch. Like, he can he can really put down some shit. And, like, in Soul Man, like, his, him and Bernie Mac's chemistry, like, it felt like they've been working together for years. Mm-hmm. And, like, to be able to pull a film like that off, and it was so funny when um with with Bernie Mac with like when they would like argue with each other and like all that type shit, and then John Legend had his little small appearance in it, and it was so funny when they was in the coffin together when all three of us was in the coffin, and he was talking about how he would always pick on this motherfucker started choking him while he was already dead in the <laughs> coffin. That shit was fucking hilarious. I was like, yo, these dudes are some clowns, man. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. But man, this dude, man, the work he's done is just it's it's hard to put it in words. And then like he started this whole thing with being Nick Fury, and it's like he he's not even really in like the movies like that. That's why it's gonna be so hard to do well. Oh, it's one other movie I want to mention to you because I feel like you probably haven't seen it because it's another mm-hmm. one of those like non-releases. Have you ever seen the uh, the Samaritan? 
I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Dude, that shit, dude, you talking about a twist for your ass. Like, mm-hmm. he ended up meeting this girl. And so he's talking to this girl, and, like, they ended up, because what it was, oh, man, I'm trying to think, was it the Samaritan or was it something else? Hold on. Well, well anyway, he, he played, no, no, old boy. Old boy, I'm sorry. It's old boy. Old yeah, boy had uh, had my man um, play Thanos. Um. Oh, what's my man's name? Josh he Brolin. played Thanos. Yes, Josh Brolin. Like him and Josh Brolin had like this beef, right? Mm-hmm. Like something had happened in the past, and so Josh Brolin' whole plan was to get him back, and this is how he got him back. So Sam is he he meets the like like Josh Brolin put it like in a situation where uh like he was like in his room. And then him and this girl, you know, eventually get to this point where they have like this sexual chemistry. And so mm-hmm. he ended up having sex with the girl or whatever, right? And then when it got to the end of the film, this motherfucker finds out that that girl was his daughter. So this motherfucker mm. had sex with his daughter and Josh Berlin was the one who set it up and that was his payback for some shit that he did to him early early on in his life. And dude, I've never seen oh, this shit, shit coming. It was it was out of nowhere. It's called Old Boy. That shit was wild, man. And then I tell you another movie that's underrated that a lot of people don't never talk about. Changing Lanes. When he was in Changing Lanes with Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. that shit, like, well, and basically, they was like cat fighting throughout the whole film. Like they were just getting back at each other. Like it, it all started from changing lanes. Like they, I forget who car hit who first. And so it fucked up they day. So then his whole thing was, all right, well, I'm going to fuck up this. And then he fucks up this. And then he turns around mm-hmm. and he fucks up this. It's like all they're doing is like fucking each other over like throughout the whole film. And that shit ended up being hilarious. Yeah. But Man, I was sitting there and I was thinking, like, when we get to the top five, like, my approach to this is it's not going to be like the movie. Like, put it this way. I won't use Juice because he's not the main guy in Juice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I can't really use, like, stuff like, like Goodfellas. I can't use Goodfellas because he was barely in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was barely in Coming to America. He had one scene. So... It's going to be hard, but I, I think I was able to put one together, though. Yeah, man, but he is, he's so he's so versatile, man. You know what I'm saying? We, we talking about all of the movies that he's done, but you know what I'm saying? We, we don't even bring up – well, you brought up one. You brought up the Capital One, you know, Stank commercial. We didn't bring up – that he was in, uh, he he did voiceovers for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Um, he did voiceovers for a couple video games outside of that. Um, he was Frozone in um, in the fucking Incredibles. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that was that was probably one of his most iconic roles as well. Like all kind of kids, you know what I'm saying? When they hear his voice, my kids for a little bit when they was hearing his voice was like, "That's Frozone." So you know what I'm saying? Like. He he's done so he's done a wide range 
of movies from comedies to drama to action to um damn near everything man like my my thing was <clears throat> and what made me really really like see how good Sam Jackson was is, is was in Shaft and that movie for me just you know what I'm saying having seen like all of the older Shaft movies and you know what I'm saying knowing about black exploitation and everything else you know what I'm saying in the, in the history behind it and all that kind of stuff to see him do Shaft to me was super dope because he was paying homage to you know what I'm saying our culture through you know what I'm saying a movie and we don't get especially you know what I'm saying nowadays we don't get a lot of that so for him to be able to play Shaft and still have you know what I'm saying Richard Roundtree in the movie still have Richard Roundtree's blessing to even play the role to begin with was amazing to me because you don't you don't realize or not, not realized, but you don't get to see that passing of the torch from, you know what I'm saying, the older generation to the newer generation a lot. Like, we didn't really get to see, you know what I'm saying, the passing of the torch from, uh, you know, like Eddie Murphy to, you know, like um, Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart or any of those guys and stand up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we kind of seen it in movies because, you know, like Eddie Murphy had Dave Chappelle in the movie, you know what I'm saying, in um, The Nutty Professor, you know what I'm saying? But, like, we don't usually get to see, you know what I'm saying, like, those those icons passing it down to the next generation. Like, I think it would have been super dope to see, like, a Harry Belafonte or a Sidney Poitier hand, you know what I'm saying, hand it down and do a movie with, like, a Jamie Foxx or um, a Denzel Washington or something like that and be able to pass the torch to them in that movie. And, and I feel like when, when you watch Shaft, that's what Richard Rapture is doing with Samuel Jackson. He's kind of giving them that blessing and kind of, you know what I'm saying, letting them, you know what I'm saying, letting the world know, like, yo, you know what I'm saying, this is, this is the dude now. Like, this is the dude that's going to be, you know what I'm saying, putting everything on his back and making sure that, you know what I'm saying, we out here being rep, uh, represented well. And every movie that, Denz, I mean, about to say Denzel, every movie that Samuel Jackson has done, I mean, it's like, He's been the best representation of us for, I mean, in every fucking role. Like, he, he's a master at what he does, man. Like, super professional. You, well, you can tell he's super professional. And it's like, when he gets on screen, bro, he kills it in every role. For me, like, outside of Shaft, like I said, for the Star Wars movies, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So to see him in Star Wars was super fire even though you know what I'm saying like he doesn't have a lot of screen time on it he still has a, a like major scenes in you know what I'm saying in those three movies and then for him to do three Star Wars movies you know what I'm saying like he's a part of the Star Wars universe forever now and that's not that's not it's an easy thing universe. to get into huh I said in the Marvel universe yeah, I know. That's I, that's just, that's what I was about to get into next. But like uh, I was saying, like with the Star Wars universe, that's not an easy thing to get into. Like, trust me, it's, it's a it's a, a big big thing to be a part of Star Wars. I don't care what what it is that you're doing. Like, Childish Gambino is a part of Star Wars. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
um, hell, uh, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams was in Star Wars. So I mean, it just it just go to show you just like how many how many people James Earl Jones did the voice of Darth Vader. Like it just go to show you just how how small and and tight that list is. So for him to be a part of that was amazing. And then, like you said, to, to turn to turn around and go from doing a, a pseudo comic book movie and Unbreakable and Glass and Split, and then they got they got another one out, don't they? It's, it's four movies total, right? No, it's just three right now. It's just three. Okay. Yeah. But um, to have those, to have like to have him play that character, and then to go on and be Nick Fury, like once again. This this just goes to a testament of how great um, Samuel Jackson is. He plays Nick Fury. Nick Fury is a white guy. I might know that. Nobody nobody says anything about <laughs> Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. They had a problem with Idris Elba playing James Bond, but they don't have an issue with Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. This is how great this dude is. Like nobody's going to complain about Samuel Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like for him to take a role that's really not even meant for him and make this role even more iconic than what it already is. Like, like you said, he he barely got screen time on any of the movies except for like you said what Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Is where he had the most screen time. Yeah. But any any video game of the Avengers, any video game with Marvel in it and Nick Fury. Nick Fury now looks like Samuel Jackson in all of the video games, all of the cartoons, all of that. Like he is now that's he he is Nick Fury. Nick Fury is him. It's like how um it's like with the the, the whole Wolverine thing. You know what I'm saying? Like um I I'm Hugh Jackman. Anything Hugh Jackman played in, it didn't even look right because we were so used to seeing him as Wolverine. And so now it's like, in a weird way, anything that Samuel Jackson is going to play in, if you know what I'm saying? Like, if he got an eye patch on, he going to look like Nick Fury. Yep. And it's just like, you were part of two great franchises. You are part of the Star Wars universe. You are part of the Marvel universe. Like, how how amazing can your career get to the fact that you get to be a part of two of the biggest, and Marvel is getting up there, but Star Wars has been there. Star Wars has been there since Sam been acting. So the fact that you get to be a part of two of the biggest movie franchises in history, and it's like a role that can be reprised and be redone, all that, and you are the guy that they got to go to to be able to do it. That's just dope, man. And then you got to realize he he did another full circle with Django by playing in the Hateful Eight. He was a black bounty hunter yeah. in the Western days yeah. in the Hateful Eight. Yeah. So it's like, and then like that's another one of those Quentin Tarantino things. So it's like, you know, like I mentioned earlier when it came to um, Polk Fiction. So he does Polk Fiction. He does Jackie Brown. He does Django. He does you know, the Hateful Eight, that's like all based off one relationship with one guy. Mm-hmm. And like, Quint, mm-hmm. But Quentin Tarantino does that, but I, like we've spoken on before, all of these guys really have a tendency of doing things like that. Because look, we, we talked about Christopher Nolan. Same thing with him and Spike Lee. Done it. Yeah, and it was early with Spike. Like he done a lot of movies yep. early with Spike. 
So it's like Sam is just he's one of those guys who for some odd reason we always seem to leave his name out for some odd reason. Like we'll say um Denzel Albacino and Robert De Niro and you know Harrison Ford and you know people I tell you another guy that people leave out Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, you look at his filmography, like Tommy Lee Jones has yeah. been like fucking killing it, dude. But like when it goes to that legend list, it's like he get left out. And another person that probably got the numbers like him that we haven't mentioned before is um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is another yeah. guy. He has a lot yeah. of those little small roles, you know, like mm-hmm. like like Sam like later in his career. He's another guy that people use when it comes to voice. Because, like, Sam well, think- voice is – I think that, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think that when you say that we don't look at them as legends, it's because, like, especially with Sam, bro, it's like when you look at De Niro, you look at Pesci, you look at Pacino, they look older. You could tell they're getting older. Sam don't look older. He don't look like he's slowing down. So, to me, it's like... Yeah, we can we can put him up there. Like even Denzel, in a sense, like Denzel seems older, but with Sam, Sam is just like he's not stopping. He's he's constantly going. So I mean, like it's easy to call him a legend for sure. It's easy to call him even an icon at that. But I mean, he's he's not done. This is true. He hasn't slowed down. No, not at all. Like you know what I mean? so, it's like. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird, bro. It's like you wanna you wanna give him that title, of course, but it's like we still don't even know what he can do yet. At this point, to me, it's like he still got so much more to do. So it's like, who knows, man? Like, I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll eventually get that role. I'm sure that he'll event. I mean, get get that title. Um, I mean, to me, he already has that title without it. It doesn't need to even really be acknowledged. Like, to me, I feel like. He's he's like in that lane of because I feel like he's past like Denzel and Pacino and De Niro and all them. I think he's more so up there like with you know the the Meryl Streeps and the, you know say like the people who who still are who are like as big as possible, but they're still creating they're still making movies they're still getting roles like they're, they're it's just they're not stopping yeah and i think morgan freeman is, is, is another guy uh it's, I, I think that because of the covid shit i think it seemed like it slowed down but like you know he's he, he's been in a lot of shit and he's been reoccurring as i said like like you know being uh oh man what's his fucking that fox um Lucius being Lucius Fox, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he just so, he just did uh he just uh narrated uh Big Sean's album or something like that. No, uh Savage, um 21 Savage. Yeah, 21 Savage. That yeah, album, like, hey, how, that how, album. Come on, man. That album is on, man. hard, yo. Like yeah. that whole album with Metro Booming. I don't know if you heard it, but that shit yeah. is fire, but he made it even heard, more fire. I heard bits and pieces of it. But I'm just saying, like, I heard I heard Morgan Freeman on it, and I'm like, who the fuck would have thought of that? Like, the fact that Morgan Freeman is, is that dope to be like, yo, I need Morgan Freeman on my album. 
No, dude, it was so crazy. It's man, how how God works. So mm-hmm. I'm list. I'm you know waiting on some podcasts to come up. I'm waiting on Ebro in the morning, so I need some shit to listen to. So I'll listen to Ti's podcast, and he mm-hmm. had Twenty One Savage on. So they yeah, talked about it, and he said, he said, dude, that was the easiest thing to do. He said, all we did was That's reach crazy. out to his uh, assistant, and they said he sent that shit back immediately. They said everything mm-hmm. that they put down. So I thought that shit was hard. But to get the sound, man, like, you know, I, I was I was sitting here putting together. You, you got your file together? Uh, Kind of. <laughs> I got, hold on, wait, I got, I got three. I think I'd come up with two more though. All right. Well, I go first since since I since I got mine. And I was doing it while we was going and I was sitting there thinking and it's like like I said before, like the stuff that I'm picking is is stuff that he is like the main guy. Um uh-huh. not using things like I said earlier. Like, you know, like not I wouldn't use Jurassic Park. I mean I thought, I thought Jurassic Park was cool, but you know what I'm saying? But like he, yeah, yeah, he had a small role. Like for me, um, starting from five up, man, um, it 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 was really hard to do. Man, once I got to looking at it, I was like, "Fuck, man, Black Snake Moan, I can't use it." Like, 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 man, Soul Man, like Jumper, like I love that type shit. But for my fifth one, man, I'm gonna go Glass. I felt like Glass was. It seemed like it kind of went under the radar. I don't know why. I guess because Captain Marvel came out the same year and Endgame came out in the same year. So, mm-hmm. like, it kind of got slept on. But as far as, like I said, like, dude, that that made me put him on my villain list was how great he was in Glass. Um, My number four, man, I'm, I'm going to go... The Long Kiss Goodnight, man. I thought that that was what that my mom loved that film. That's one of my favorite <laughs> film because it, it's it's crazy because that was like one of the things other than <laughs> other than the fucking stories. Like that was like one of the things me and my mom bonded on was just sitting around and watching The Long Kiss Goodnight. I've seen that movie so many times and like him in that role, it was it was great. Uh, my number three, man, this is one, this is another personal one um, for two reasons. For number one, I felt like, the for number one, it was a true story, and the message in this movie, like a lot of people, like my son, like, the one thing about this movie, my son loves this movie. He used to watch this movie literally every day. He used to, I had the mm-hmm. DVD, he used to watch it every day, and that's Coach Carter. And yeah. Coach Carter, what, what people don't seem to understand was this dude asked a, a, a simple, like, dude, the small things that he asked for. Sit in front of the classroom, wear a tie on game days, and have a 2.5 GPA. And mm-hmm. like, these motherfuckers couldn't even do that. So he shut the season down. And it's like, yo, we need to show these kids, like, like that, that like, and like my son, like he loves the movie and he loves basketball, but he's just now he's about to be eleven, so he don't get the message of the movies. Like, 
yo, you're not going to play basketball if you can't do these three things I asked you to do on this contract. So I felt like Coach Carter is like one of those things where me and my son, we sit down, we watch it together and all that type of stuff. And Sam did a great job. Mm-hmm. My number two is A Time to Kill. Like, that movie, like, we talked about it extensively, so I'm not going to go back over it again. And I'm going to be short on this one because it's going to speak volumes later. But my number one Samuel Jackson movie is The Negotiator. Okay. That's a good list. Good list. Real good list. Um, so, for me, my number five is um, Eve's By You. Um classic movie. You know what I'm saying? This is one of the first times we see Journey Smollett. Um, I'm in love with her. Um, you know what I'm saying? She's, she's super fine now. Grew up to be something amazing. Um, but good movie. Good. good. Yep. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? All the fine women was in this movie, apparently. Um, <laughs> Hold on. That was girls at the time, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying. I was, I was a kid, too. Shit. <laughs> Shit, I was only nine, but um, <laughs> Jennifer Lewis is in this one too. You know what I'm saying? We, we talked we talked a little bit about Jennifer Lewis earlier, um, and well, we talked about her off air. We ain't talking about it on the podcast. So if anybody like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, we talked about it off air, people. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Classic movie, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Psychological? Well, not even psychological. It's just one of them kind of thriller suspense movies, real good. Um, my number four is Sphere. Like I said, it was a great movie. I don't know if a lot of people seen it, but it was, a like I said, a, a weird adaptation of um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And, you know what I'm saying, for me, that's something that I that I really, you know what I'm saying, had linked up with and liked it. Um, number three would be The Man. That was a very funny movie. It was like Eugene Levy is is hilarious by itself, but with Sam Jackson, bro, it was like it was weird because he was like this like renegade cop dude, but he had like like twisties or something in his. It was just it was wild just to see Samuel Jackson with hair off rip. But he was you know what I'm saying he played a, a good role in it. It was funny that made me laugh. I remember seeing it a long time ago. Real good movie. Um, I watch it every now and then, every time I get a chance to. Um, for number two, uh, it'll be Lakeview Terrace. For him to be, you know what I'm saying, that guy that, you know what I'm saying, plays the antagonist in the movie. Um, it was a great movie. It was kind of weird because, like, you don't really get to see Samuel. Like, he was buff in that movie. Like, it was just, I don't know, it was like a different Samuel Jackson, man. He had put on, like, some muscle or whatever. It was it was crazy to see him. And, like, he just, you know what I'm saying, like, he looked, you know what I'm saying, intimidating in that movie. And then um, for my number one, man, is, is Shaft. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my favorite Samuel Jackson movie of all time. Um, that's my first time seeing um, uh, what's dude's name? The dude that played Peoples. Um, he was in um, The Hunger Games. Oh, hold on. I can't believe I'm blanking on this. I don't know what the hell the game was. 
I don't really remember. All I remember is Jennifer Lawrence, man. That's all I remember about the Hunger Games. Oh, uh, no, bro. He was, uh, I forgot what his name is. Hold on, I'm about to find it real quick. Damn man, I'm sitting here looking Jeffrey at this shit. I didn't. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey oh Wright. yeah 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 yeah. Jeffrey I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Like, I thought he had that accent and everything. And then I seen him on Hunger Games, and he was a totally different person. And that, you know what I'm saying, it was just a testament of, you know what I'm saying, how great that movie was. And um, 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 I'm blanking on his goddamn name, too. Batman. Batman was in it. Christian Bale. Batman. Christian Bale. Oh, okay. Christian Bale was in there, too. So it had him... Richard Roundtree, Christian Bell, Jeffrey Wright. Like, it was a, it was a good – I think Buster Rhymes was in it. Like, it was just a good movie all together, man. They, and they did their thing with that one, bro. That's my all-time favorite Samuel Jackson movie. That's what's up. The, and, see, and that's the great thing about by doing this with you is because it's like, you know – and look, East Bayou was, was one of those, like, one of those movies that – I mean, we didn't that really mention it. That scared the fuck out of me as a kid. But but that movie was it was a really really great movie and like yeah, like your list is good. I respect it. Um, like Lakeview Tears, we spoke about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, early on in the podcast, but like he he has so much great shit, man. Mm-hmm. That see, I gotta I gotta go man. watch a couple of your list too because I gotta see I gotta see what the hype is about, man. You got me. Got me over here curious about what's going on in some of these movies, man. Hold on, which one? Which one you haven't seen? Um, the one you said earlier was um. You talking about the five or just the of uh, just the movie? No, I'm talking about just period. Oh, that Freedom Land. Yeah, Freedom Land. I gotta watch that, and I gotta watch uh, Old Boy. And then oh, um, Old Boy. Yeah, that's another one that, that you said. Yeah, but those, yeah, those I, two. I gotta, and watch, you got, I gotta catch some. And man, we ain't even mentioned like SWAT that he did yep. with LL Cool J and um fucking uh Colin Farrell and my girl uh yep. Michelle Rodriguez. Like we ain't even mentioned that. Wasn't like, uh one old girl, what's the what's the one girl from um is it Jessica Bill? What you mean Jessica Bill um in in Blade, the one with the uh yeah, she was in Blade. Out. Yeah. Was she in SWAT too? I don't remember her in SWAT. All the person I remember is uh really Rodriguez. It was the girl oh, from Fast and Furious. No, I know who Michelle you know, Rodriguez is. I'm saying I'm oh, thinking, okay. I'm thinking if, if Jessica Bill was in there too. For some odd, I'm trying to think she was in a movie like that. She might have had me. I, 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 I can't I think of what it is, know. though. But yeah, yeah, man, this dude. But man, nah, you're you right, though. We we missing a lot of movies, bro. There's so many of them. Like, it's too hard to get into all of them without talking about Sam, you know, as a guy. And, like, uh-huh. to, to be able to 
overcome these drugs and be, you know, sober all these years and to be able to put together mm-hmm. a career he has put together, man. Second to none, man. Like, like I said earlier, fuck the awards. He don't need no awards. Like, he's a whole legend out here. Um, he don't need no validation from the academy. He don't need no validation from any of that type stuff. He's a whole legend out here. Sam is Sam has entered that spot where he's respected by hood dudes and he's respected by, you know, white people. Like Sam uh-huh. can go in any room uh-huh. and and blend in yeah, and everybody. And it won't even be an issue. It yeah. No issue. Like, so. Just a few just a few movies we didn't mention. Um we we didn't mention Triple X with Vin Diesel. Um we yeah. didn't mention the spirit. Um, he was the narrator in Inglorious Bastards. Um, yep. He was in the other guys with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Uh, he had another movie called Arena that was like a weird, like post-apocalyptic movie, but it was a good one though. It was pretty decent. Um, he he was a voice of one of the snails in Turbo. For anybody with kids out there. Um, he was in the new remake of RoboCop, uh, and I'm trying to think what's another one. Oh, he was in the Kingsman. Yeah, I like the Kingsman. The Kingsman was good. He was the I he like was that. the bad guy in the Kingsman. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, so he's he's done some he's done some amazing things, man. Hey. Man, you got that right, man. He he is he is he is just. Second to none, man. Second to none. But man, this this next one though, man. Like, dude, I have been wanting to do this forever, but it's so hard. And and look, I'm gonna say this again. I'm gonna say it right now, and I'm gonna say it on the next one because I gotta stress to people the way my brain works. It is, I don't know, dude. It's weird because we talked about it before. And it's mm-hmm. like, I do, I do this dumb thing where I, I don't put comedies, I don't put superhero movies, I don't put horror movies in a top five movie. Like, oh, we're top movies of all time. It's like, I, I take those categories and, and I separate them. And, and it's like, I don't, I don't intersect them into this type of list. And mm-hmm. so basically the next thing we're doing, you know, as basically as the trailer is, is that the, our, our next episode is going to be our top five movies of all time. And yes, sir. I'm just giving people a heads up right now. Like, you know how much I love Halloween, you know, especially the, mm-hmm. the original 1978. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting it in here because it's, I, I do Uh-oh. this thing. I don't put, I don't put horror. Mo- I, dude, I don't know why I do this. Like my brain is so unorthodox. I, I do not put horror movies in with a regular list. So mm-hmm. you're not you're not gonna see you're not gonna you're not gonna get no you're not gonna get no comedies, you're not gonna get any superhero movies, and you're not gonna get any um horror movies like in comedy. I don't know why I do. That's just that's just what I do. So this list is it, it's gonna be what it is. But 
as much as I talk, a lot of it is self-explanatory. I, I think some people, if people religiously listen to this podcast, they probably know three yeah, of them already. They know, know, know a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> For me, man, listen, my my list is is diverse, man. I I I'm, I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be tough even breaking it down to five. You know what I'm saying? But I, I got a few of them that I can that I can switch in and out. But my number one is is definitely my number one. It's it's just gonna be my number one. So. You know, I, I can't fight that, but I'm telling you now, this next episode is going to be good. You're going to really get to, you know what I'm saying, hear the the joy and the, the excitement in our voices when we're talking about these movies. Man, listen, it's, it's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, man. And I, I don't know, dude, I, I can't explain it because we've talked about it before. I'm pretty sure it was off air. I think we were just talking off air. It was like, mm-hmm. so basically it's going to be like dramas. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I do that shit, dude. It's so weird. But it's like, I feel like when, when, I, when I'm doing, I don't know. Like, I mean, if, and the crazy thing about this, like, these going to be my top five movies of all time. But like, horror is like my top genre, though. Like, growing yeah. up with horror movies the way that I did. And the way that I love them, and it's so crazy. Like, my son had asked me, he was like, Dad, you want to watch a movie? He asked me this last night. I was like, yeah. He's like, can I pick it? I was like, go ahead. And, and like I told you, he usually watched Chucky movies. But this time, mm-hmm. he wanted to watch Halloween, the new one, the one that came out in 2018. So yeah. I got him on the same fucking track. <laughs> like, he, he fucking horror movies and shit. And yeah. it's like, dude, like, that's my shit. But it's like, when I, when I do a top five list, like, of all, it's like, I don't put them in there. Like, I give horror, it's like, I got too much respect for horror. Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I gotta I gotta give it its own lane. So, I still think, though, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be worth listening to, because even though you might know two to three, there's still some other ones on there, and then, like, I'm gonna do my whole thing of, like, trying to justify them and tell you, like, this is why this movie is so great. And it's gonna be yeah. movies some people are really not going to be like, damn, like, really? Like, that's a movie that you consider like, so high? Because, like, it's not shit that's like, obviously, I'm not a guy that, you know, award-worthy. Like, I don't give a shit mm-hmm. about awards mm-hmm. and all of that like, shit. So, even though one of them is, is you got a lot of awards, but be on the lookout, man. I, I think this episode is going to be fun. And then also you're going to see the diversity that you're going to get between me and you because like, yeah, yeah, we we love, we love film. But even though we do this podcast, it's like, I mean, that's just like our Sam list just now. We didn't have any similar. Mm-hmm. Movies right. So, but I think that's the great thing about it because we can also put each other on the stuff. And it's like, because I'm, I'm telling you, dude, when you find the time, when you find the time to watch Freedom Land and Old oh Boy, you're going to be like, yeah. yo, what the fuck is this shit? Like, it is, <laughs> it is especially Old oh Boy. And it's like I say, it's, but it's those movies, it's those underground movies that people don't really see. And what I like about doing this podcast right now is the fact that we are in a pandemic right now. Mm-hmm. So, there's not a lot of new material that's coming out. 
So yeah. hopefully the people that are listening to us are like, well, you know what? Well, let me go back and watch some of this shit that they're talking about. Since mm-hmm. there ain't really a lot of new movies that are coming out. So hopefully we're putting people on the stuff, man. For sure, man. And, and you know, it's, it's always dope to be able to compare and contrast movies, man. And like you said, the fact that we don't have similar taste in movies makes this podcast that much better because you have a, a, a wide scale of, you know what I'm saying, references to go through. You know what I'm saying? We got comedy and drama and, you know, we got action and, you know what I'm saying, we got suspense, we got thrillers, we got horror, we got, you know what I'm saying, uh, dramedies, the, all the mix-ups and mash-ups, all of that stuff, man. And it, it's just dope to be able to talk about, you know what I'm saying, all those movies that we've seen. And then, surprisingly, a lot some of the movies that we've even talked about, like, we both really agree on, so... You know what I'm saying? Like, that's always dope to hear, too. Like, two people that have totally different tastes, you know what I'm saying, in film to be able to agree on a lot of the movies that, you know what I'm saying, we talked about. You know what I'm saying? You can't really go wrong with it, man. Yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't think that it's necessarily, like, different. I mean, it, it's different tastes, but it's also, like, but we have a lot of similar shit that right. we like. It's just you know what I'm saying? It's basically like the, the different fire flames within it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's yeah. like, we'll like a lot of the same shit, but it's just like, I might consider it a four, and you might like, oh, well, that shit is a two to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, we we still like it, it but it's just perfect, like... Perfect, perfect example. I give Velocipastor a five out of five, you give it a zero. A what? A what? Zero. No, what, what movie again? I forgot. Velocipastor. Let me get that shit out of here, man. Hey. <laughs> Y'all wait. No, 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 no. Hey, we're going to get there. We're going to, listen, listen. Oh, we shit. got it on the, look, listen, we got it on the schedule. Now, we got it on the schedule. You know, we, something else that we're going to do in the future. Something yeah. else for y'all to look up to, we'll look forward to, is we're going to do our top five worst films of all time. Yes. Yeah. Right. And he had me watch this shit. <laughs> and this is the it was a waste of fucking hour and a half. I've never seen nothing so fucking stupid. Like that man, it's so bad. I'm you know what? I ain't even gonna talk about it. I told you but, it's so bad, it's good. Did you see did you see at the end where he turned into the raptor and they had him fighting the raptor suit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that shit was hilarious, bro. That shit was hilarious. I couldn't do nothing but laugh through that whole movie. They had the fake little dinosaur arm and shit moving around like, man, who the fuck put this shit together? No. No, when he ripped the head off and showed you how fake the fucking head was. Yeah. I told you, bro. I told you, you wasn't going to do nothing but laugh at that movie, bro. I'm not fucking with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! Oh, oh man. man, that's hilarious. Bro. Yeah, I got. I'm gonna man, go back and watch that shit again. I gotta watch that shit again, bro. I need to laugh. No, I, I'm not watching that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is crazy. Yo, man. Hey, uh, I'm gonna keep it short, man. You know, check out the Stolen Time podcast. Me and Uncle Washington, we still rocking. Um. Check out the 28 Minutes or Less. I, I didn't do one this week, but, you know what I'm saying, the last episode was still fire. Uh, me and Scoops did the versus battle. 
Um, yep. The Stolen Time Podcast page on Facebook, Stolen Time Pod on Instagram, S.Foster8 on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, man, you can catch me at uh, Scoots Bronson, all one word on Twitter, man. You can uh, follow me on Scoots Bronson underscore TV on Instagram, Scoots Bronson TV on YouTube. Um, check out 15 Minutes of Fame and Isolated Society. Oh, um, Isolated Society uh, will be back this Thursday, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. You can listen live, Spreaker.com slash Isolated Society, or you can um, listen back on the uh, replay on um <clears throat> Fridays on all podcast platforms and make sure you go to the viewers and I'm, I'm sorry, the VA pod watch group um, on Facebook. Make sure you send those invites in so we can, or make sure you send those requests in so we can add you. We need up to a hundred people so we can start doing live watch parties. You know what I'm saying? So we can start getting engaged with the fans. So you guys can start talking about the movies that you like and we can start, um, I don't know, man, mixing and mingling, man. We want to get some feedback from the fans. We want to interact with the fans. Yes, sir, man. And um, oh man, I'm I'm sitting here looking at this damn. I'm still looking at this. List. I, I'm still amazed with Sam, man. Like we ain't yeah, that's just crazy, bro. Uh, over a hundred and eighty joints, bro. It's crazy. Shit, crazy, crazy. That's a lot of fucking work, man. That's a, that's a good thing though. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, with acting, acting is not like a paid by the hour job. Like that shit is up front and you got to live on that until you get another job. You know what I'm saying? And then hopefully you can do some shit to where you getting residual checks outside of, you know what I'm saying? Getting the acting gig. So just imagine like this motherfucker is constantly working. Like, so that means that he's getting checks on checks on checks. So, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's always a good thing, man. But um, thank everybody for listening. We appreciate you guys very much, man. Um, you guys keep tuning in. Make sure you guys share with a friend. If you haven't subscribed already and this is your first time listening, please hit that subscribe button. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, don't forget to rate if you're on Apple Podcasts. We will read uh, any and all ratings live um, as soon as we get them and as soon as we record. So with that being said, man, thanks again. And like they said, Hollywood, it's a wrap. Cut.